0: Well, we just sang song number 231, Soldiers of Christ, Arise. And we sang that song well, and that's probably because we sing that song uh, fairly regularly here at Lakeside and with good reason. It is a great song. Uh, It makes great use of four-part harmony, and it's just got got a great message that song was written by the famous Methodist preacher Charles Wesley all the way back in 1749. That song has got some age on it, doesn't it? And like a lot of other hymns, it actually didn't begin as a song. It began as a poem and was later then set to music by a composer, a fellow by the name of William Bradbury. What you may not know, though, is that that song was originally longer. Much longer The five stanza version of that song that we have today is nothing compared to the original 16 stanza version that Charles Wesley originally wrote. And in fact, the original version, instead of it having four lines per stanza, as our song does, it actually had eight lines per stanza for 16 stanzas. Now, if you do the math on that, and I did do the math on that this afternoon, that means that we are actually only singing 15% of the total lyrics that Charles Wesley originally wrote. Now, I'm not advocating that we go dig up all of those extra lyrics and sing them. That would take up the entire singing night, wouldn't it? But I'm just saying that that's an interesting little tidbit. The content of this song is pretty straightforward as it borrows heavily from the imagery that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 6 to describe the spiritual warfare that we are engaged in as the people of God. You know, it's almost impossible, at least for me it is, to sing that song without being reminded of the armor of God that Paul describes in Ephesians 6. Paul talks there in that chapter about how all the pieces in the armor, they're so essential. You need to have all of them and be equipped with all of them so that you can fight against the wiles and the schemes of the devil. You need to make sure you've got the sword of the Spirit. Got to have the shield of faith. Got to have the breastplate of righteousness, etc., etc. And what the song emphasizes just repeatedly is the importance of being fully equipped for the battle that is ahead of us. In fact, verse 3 of the song, this is a great place for me to maybe do a little bit of definition work because there's a word that's used in verse 3 that maybe if you're like me for the longest time, there's a word there that I had no idea what it meant. Verse 3 says, But take to arm you for the fight the panoply of God. Do you know what a panoply is? When's the last time you had your panoply checked on? Well, that word panoply is just a word that means complete. Maybe back in the 1700s, panoply was a common word, but that's not a common word for us today. It just simply means you need the complete armor. You need the whole thing. Now, of course, that idea of being fully equipped with the spiritual armor of God, that idea is actually taken to a whole other level in the fourth verse of this song. This is really what I want to focus on tonight. Verse number four says, Leave no unguarded place, no weakness of the soul. That expression there, leave no unguarded place, that really catches my attention. And the reason it does is because it brings me back to 7th grade. Because when I was in 7th grade, I took Latin. And a big portion of that particular class was that we were taught just a whole bunch of stuff about the historical aspect of Greek and Roman mythology. And there is a particular story in Greek mythology that I recall about a fellow by the name of Achilles. Do you know about Achilles? In Greek mythology, Achilles was the greatest warrior amongst all the Greeks. He was a hero of the Trojan War and he is the central character in Homer's epic tale, the Iliad. In fact, if you've ever seen the movie Troy, Achilles is portrayed by Brad Pitt. And actually, that picture that's there on the screen, that's taken from Troy. That's Brad Pitt portraying Achilles. And right now, yeah, look, look at there. I have the attention of all the young ladies. Oh, he'd see so dreamy. Okay, I'm putting that up on the screen to remind you that this is a fictional character. As far as I know, there was no real person named Achilles. This is all part of Greek mythology. Now, Achilles' ferocity in battle, it is said that that was due to the fact that he was supposedly invincible. As the story goes, Achilles' mother dipped him in the river Styx when he was an infant. And the waters in the river Styx were believed to have some kind of special power, some kind of miraculous power, if you will, that if you dipped in those waters, if you were covered in those waters, it would make you indestructible. It would make you undefeatable. It would make you invincible. However, When Achilles' mother dipped him into that river, his entire body was covered by the water, except except for that tiny little section there on the back of his heel where his mother's hand was holding him and placing him in the water. And so as legend has it, near the end of the Trojan War, Paris, that is Achilles' mortal enemy, Paris took aim. And he fired a poisonous arrow in Achilles' direction and it ended up striking Achilles in that small yet vulnerable spot on the back of his heel. And as a result, that poisonous arrow ended up killing the greatest warrior that Greece had ever known. What happened there? Well, what happened was Achilles had a gap in his armor. He had left an unguarded place in the words of this song. He had a weak spot. And as a result of that, he ended up paying the price. And by the way, if you've not figured it out, this is where we get our expression, Achilles' heel. Sometimes people will talk about that. Well, That's my Achilles' heel. Oh man, here's something that really just always seems to trip me up and it's a stumbling block in my life and I have difficulty with that. That's my Achilles' heel. Which actually begs the question for us right now as we think about that. Do you have an Achilles heel? And no, I'm not asking about that physically, whether you've got a problem with your Achilles heel in the back of your foot. No, no, no. I'm asking spiritually, do you have a weak spot? Is there an area of your life that is an unguarded place? There's a part of your spiritual life that is not fully armed, fully guarded, fully protected. And as a result, that then is leaving you vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy? And if the answer to that is, well, yeah, I do have an Achilles heel, then what is it? Is it maybe pride? You know, pride is such a problem for so many people. Is that what's creating an opening in your spiritual armor? Is it maybe a quick temper? Do you have difficulty with controlling your temper? And as a result, that then opens up the floodgates for all kinds of bad things to happen. Is it maybe a critical tongue? You're just the kind of person you're just always quick to just bash and tear people down instead of offering things constructive. Is it maybe just chronic impatience? You just you just ain't got t- you just need need stuff done like that. Is it maybe something like we talked about this morning with covetousness? Is covetousness a problem for you? And that's your Achilles heel. You know, to some degree. All of us, I believe, if we're honest and we do that self-examination thing, all of us have a weakness of some kind. The question is, number one, do you know what it is? And then number two, if you do know what it is, what are you doing about it? Are you working on it? Because make no mistake, if you're not working on it, then the devil knows The devil knows that that is your entry point. That's the entry point for him to get into your life and make no mistake, he will exploit that weakness. He will slip through that crack in your life. He will slip through that crack in your armor, whether it's big or whether it's small, and he will seek to bring destruction to your spiritual life. And if he doesn't do that in one big fail swoop, he'll certainly do it in small increments. I am reminded of what Paul said a little bit earlier in Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27. When he says there, this is the NIV rendering of this verse. He says, do not give the devil a foothold. In other words, don't leave any openings for his attack. That is, shore up your defenses. Make sure each and every piece of God's armor is equipped and it is securely fastened and attached. And not only that, but you are growing in it. That you are maturing in it. That you are becoming stronger in it each and every day. So that you can withstand this spiritual warfare that we are engaged in against the devil, against his unholy angels, against all the forces of darkness in spiritual places. You need to get your armor ready so that you can stand. And so, as we get ready to sing the song of invitation, let me extend two very specific invitations right now. Brother or sister, first of all to you, do you have an Achilles heel? Is there a weak spot? And if so, what is that weak spot? And here's the follow up. What are we doing about it? Are you doing anything? If that area of weakness has already caused you to stumble into sin, and that's creating a barrier between you and the Lord, let's repent. Do that right now. And maybe what needs to happen in order for you to really shore up your defenses is what you need is you need to call upon your brothers and sisters here to pray with you, to encourage you, to help you to serve the Lord in a better way. Use God's people, use God's Word, use the power of prayer, use all of the resources God has given to you so that you leave no unguarded place and you're ready to serve the Lord faithfully all the remaining days of your life. If we can help you, this invitation is yours. Let me extend the second invitation though to those of this audience tonight who are not Christians. If you're not a Christian, what exactly do you need in this spiritual battle? Well, quite frankly, what you need, friend, is you need Jesus. You need the Savior. And in just a moment, we're going to stand and we're going to sing this song, number 301. Soul, a Savior is what you are needing. You need the Lord. You need to submit your will to His. You need to be buried with Christ in baptism. That is to be baptized into Jesus Christ. You can't get the armor of God until you get into Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if you make the decision to become a Christian, that doesn't mean that temptation's going to go away. That doesn't mean that you're never ever going to sin again. But what it does mean is it means you are in Jesus. You have the greatest defense mechanism you can ever have. And that is that the Lord will be on your side and all the great spiritual blessings that come along with that. Can we help you tonight to render your obedience to the gospel? Can we help you tonight to serve the Lord in a better and more committed way? Whatever your need may be, you simply need to make that known by coming to the front. Do that right now while we stand and while we sing.